0: This is Sakira Baez with Motherhood Mess Unfiltered. I am so excited in this month of December to be bringing to you um Cheryl Williams. She's an amazing woman who has overcome and conquered so much in her life. And um And I am excited because we are highlighting in this month different organizations, different charities, different ministries that we as mothers can come alongside and have compassion that we can pray for. And that in some capacity, maybe even take action in our local communities and our local churches to make a difference for these different organizations that are being presented So today with Cheryl Williams, she's going to be highlighting the foster care system and how we can possibly make a difference in that capacity. I'm going to be asking her a couple of questions, but first I'm going to allow her to introduce herself and kind of give us her bio so that we can all get to know her a little better. With that, I'm going to turn it over to Cheryl.
1: Well, thank you, Stakira, for that lovely intro. I was super excited to be on your podcast. A couple things caught my eye. One, I love the word disruptor. You call yourself a disruptor. Also, you are faith-based, and I completely someone that walks by faith, and I appreciate that your podcast sheds light on the truth of Jesus Christ. And then also just that you want to spread the word, especially for other moms of how they can get involved. It's not always known what you can do to help foster kids without being a foster parent. It's not everybody's in that position to do so. So I started my own nonprofit four years ago. It's called Fundamentals for Foster Care. With the idea that for those of us who might be struggling, like I was a single mom at the time and not able to just be a foster parent, um, I wanted to still do whatever I could. And so I started by giving steam toys to foster kids so we can get toy stores to donate or um, people can just donate new items. And I spread it out through the foster care world that includes group homes, transitional homes. Um, there's aging out youth that could really use some help when they're first starting to live on their own, and so yeah, just like to spread awareness of what people can do.
0: So I know that you are a beauty queen. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs>
1: so that's what. But I actually haven't been on a podcast all of this year, but last year. I was a beauty queen and I must have been on 30, 40, I guess. So it was a busy year because I was um I started off as Mrs. Lone Star State with the USA Ambassador Pageant. And then I call it being upgraded. I represented a bigger region of Mrs. Southwest. So I started speaking all over California and and representing like the NFL alumni camps in Arizona. And yeah, so i I was really on tour speaking all over the U.S., especially the Southwest, last year. And we I raised over $100,000 of supplies for foster youth. So I do consider it a success. It was a lot of fun being a beauty queen.
0: That is amazing. What a blessing. And now, even now, um, can you tell me a little bit about your, this modeling experience and magazine covers and all of those things? I'd like to hear a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, it's so crazy because I didn't even intend to be a model. Sure, when I was 18, and I would have liked to be a model or an actress, but I thought that day was just over and I had no clue when I got into the nonprofit space and then pageantry to have more of a platform for raising money for charity that that would lead to modeling like an offer to go to New York Fashion Week and walk not just one runway. I was in like nonstop shows as many as I wanted to be in. And then there was this world's top model competition that they accepted me as a contestant. And all the girls were beauty queens. So it was pretty much like beauty queens competing (laughs) against beauty queens for world's top model. And it was like they call it modeling boot camp. So for someone who had no modeling experience, it was it wasn't really a relaxing vacation there in New York City, but I did learn so much from the other gals too. A lot of them have a lot of experience modeling and it was, um, yeah, it was like I said, it was more informational, but it's actually it's kind of tougher modeling than you would think. There's like poses and, and, you know, like timing has to, but I, I like it. It's been a lot of fun. And then, yeah. And then like the last, Week I've been in three different magazines. Cover model for one of them. I know I'm about to be a cover model for another pageant magazine next month. And then last month I was was a cover model. I was in a magazine. So yeah, it's been it's been a year full with modeling. But I use it as an opportunity to talk to people too about foster care. It's really what motivates me. Like you got to get people's attention somehow. So you know. I just I like to get in the doors and and talk to people about being a voice for foster kids.
0: I love that. So I have I have a couple of questions that I want to address. And the first one is what what do you consider is the biggest challenge that you're currently facing and raising awareness, and how are you tackling it?
1: Raising awareness. I mean, I think in general, just a lot of people do not empathize with what it's like to be a foster kid. And they have this misconception that they're troublemakers. And it's, it's really a myth. And they with some love and support, they can overcome any risk. <laughs> I um, wrote a little poem. <laughs> so that right on purpose, but it's like if you don't really love a person, you know, it's hard to really want to give. But yeah, I've seen the adorable smiles on these kids' faces. I've lived with foster teens that were just in a hard place. You know, no place to go. They didn't do anything wrong. Not all these kids are in like juvenile detention centers. Some of them are like goody two shoes, and they're just so down on their luck. And, just could use some compassion and they're resilient and they're strong and and they're worth our efforts to help them.
0: I love that. Well, so, um, a second question is what is a common myth that people believe about foster care that you would like to shed some light on?
1: Yeah, that's, that's the biggest one is, um, I just think that foster, if you're a former foster youth, you automatically have a bad reputation, that you have mental health difficulties and and are just hard to deal with. And I don't think that it's just really a stumbling block for people caring. Hmm. It's really not yeah. even true. I mean, I know probably thousands of former foster youth and at least the ones that I team up with that have hearts of gold, a lot of them have their nonprofits profits or are deeply involved in advocacy and just know what it's like. And if anything helps them, they pay it forward. And we just all, I think most of us are trying to do the best that they can. And that completely in- includes those in the foster care system. Like a lot of people are good hearted people and they raise awareness about foster parents and what they go through or like the burnout of social workers. But there isn't really enough people in this space that really try to empathize with what it's actually like to be that kid and you're going from home to home and you don't recognize these people and you've lost all your material goods. I mean, it changes you, but it doesn't necessarily damage you. Like, it doesn't have to damage you. I saw it as an opportunity to know what it's like to just shed vanity and materialism and, and feel full. And just knowing that God is with me. It was like the first month I was in foster care, I cried so much. But then after that, I feel like I was built up into this other person that was like resilient and strong and I was going to keep on going. It's really, I had no other choice, but you know, I just wanted to stay out of and never tried a drug, never tried a cigarette, never had any alcohol, never partied. I, I really, I mean, really there's some foster kids who do that. You're just working hard to stay in school and it can take forever to get your college degree when you're working and you have health problems, but like, I did it, and there's plenty of others that do, too.
0: That's awesome. Sometimes it, you can't always judge a book by its cover, and you can't always judge a, a child by its it, by where it came from, you know. I know that I actually have a cousin who, um, who has been a foster mom, and she has adopted children that are aging out of the foster care system and um, and so she actually currently had just adopted a young woman who's eight who's eighteen and so um and it and helps her graduate and from high school and so you know, and now the young woman of course is going on to college and and she's a genuinely really good kid, you know, so I think sometimes people have this lens or this idea that Foster kids are a certain way that they're just troubled teens, you know, who there's quote unquote, no hope for, but some of them just really need someone just to love them and and even call family, you know, and, um, and it really can, we can shift if we can shift the lens and the perspective. And then even, I think another thing that the reception is, is that when they age out of foster care, that somehow that they have somewhere to go. And um and that's simply not true, you know, for most foster kids, like they have to figure life out just because they aged out of foster care doesn't mean that all of a sudden they still have a home or a house to go to, you know. Um, but that brings me to my third question. And so what is the most important thing for people to do if they want to get involved in helping kids in foster care?
1: Well, I mean, adoption is the big one. Again, not everybody's in a position to, but, you know, with love, dedication, patience, some humor, you know, like it, if you just have an attachment and some loving, consistent caregivers that really can help speed along the healing process. But besides that, I'm becoming a mentor or a tutor, then you can guide them in academics and, and life. The thing that when I connect with volunteers, I realize that you don't have to do everything well to just know with self-awareness what you're good at and what you're not. Like, there's a lot of skills that I need in order to run a nonprofit. One of my weaknesses is actually tutoring teens. (laughs) Like, I have a degree in early child education. I feel like I'm gifted in teaching young kids, but... Not necessarily teenagers, whereas others like volunteers have just been like teen whispers. That's what they call them. Like they can just say anything. And it's so uplifting to teens. So I really could use um, mentors in particular in the San Antonio area. There is a little boy who could use a mentor right now that needs someone to teach him about taking turns and cooperation and being a good sport and not having to win each time is he's having some trouble with that and so he needs an in-person mentor I think preferably a guy to just help him show him like how it can be fun just to have teamwork and cooperation and just get better and you know your competitions yourself and and all that good stuff so if you if you know someone in San Antonio who would like to be a mentor, a tutor to uh, a boy in foster care, that'd be much appreciated. Then there's awesome. there's actually quite a few things you can do. You can, I mean, spending time with foster youth is always a good thing. But there, you can bake cakes for kids in foster care. You can hold sales and. Run marathons, and I mean, there's kind of endless things to do. I have teamed up, like I call it the Justice League of Foster Care Nonprofits. Like, a lot of us team up and we work together since we all do a little bit of different things. And so, like, we'll host back to school drives, and it'll be a couple of us nonprofits, and there'll be like an aging out event where pretty much all the aging out kids and in the state of Texas, get busted, and then we like shower them with presents and mentors and support of whatever they think that they need to get out on their own. And um, But there's a lot of different things that nonprofits for foster care do. So it's just about knowing your skill sets of what you think you can offer. I know my nonprofit is looking for leaders, too, if you just want to do it administration type of work, or grant writing is a really big one. I mean, there's all kinds of skill sets needed in the foster care world.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much for giving us some perspective on on what we can, how we can support and even how we can pray, because even if we don't have the quote unquote skill set, like I'm not necessarily gifted administrator. I'll be straight up honest about that but I can certainly pray some people into position that could do some grant writing and administration work and some mentoring. And, and I actually, I I don't, I don't think that we've had this conversation, but I actually graduated from high school in San Antonio. And so um, I'm familiar with the area and actually have some friends who live out there still. And so, um, so I, I'm actually excited because maybe (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to oh. talk to my best friend when we get off this podcast. I'm going to be like, hey, do you want to do some things? Because I know that her kids are grown. <laughs> yeah, that's so,
1: wonderful.
0: It just I, takes some time Like
1: care classes to get pretty much in a position where you can mentor, and there's some other yeah. optional courses like life coaching of how to speak words of life and to foster youth with trauma, but, you know, there's... Is she, is she's a good mentor. I would so appreciate it. I hate to have any kid waiting for a while. You know, it's only been about a month, but I'm really rushing to find somebody.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it's not about what you know. It's not about what you know, but it's about who you know sometimes. So sometimes it might be that specific person, but it might be somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody type of situation that gets the right person into that place. Mm-hmm.
1: And more things people can do is advocacy for systematic change you can contact legislators like as you work with youth, you see more and more things that are just broken in the system and it really takes people <laughs> to keep at it of letting your concerns be heard you know it's like you eat- bureaucracy was still there but if you you keep at it you you surely can make some serious changes there there are some changes that need to be made and if you work with foster youth you see it on a daily basis like one of the things with my nonprofit is just they need to have educational they need to have proof that they were in foster care for the aging out youth and a lot of records get destroyed in a lot of different states when someone turns 21 So, I mean, they don't have access to their health records. They don't have access to showing that they were in foster care for these newer nonprofits that are trying to cater to older people that have aged out of foster care. Like, my story was I aged out early at 18, and then I got married at 19, and I was okay for a little bit until... I, I had um like I had a rape happen and my husband divorced me the next day and I was in a bad place and I really could have used some support. But at that time, I was 35 years old and a mother to two kids and there was no help to be found. So it's pretty much like no matter what age, if you're a foster care kid, you don't have family that's there for you during tough times and you're still at risk for being homeless or you know and without a job at like any age so um it, there really needs to be some more support for those that have aged out sorry if that was too much info but <laughs> i just it, it's um there's been a lot of battles i have gone through so it's like some of it has been stories that i've heard but most of it is like i've gone through a lot of typical stuff that other former foster youth have gone through and so i just know the battles really well and there could use some, some more support.
0: That's amazing. I, I love the fact that you added that bit of testimony in there to let people know that you are like a real tangible person who's really been through the muck and mire of some things. And you have, you have risen up out of it like a Phoenix, you know what I mean? And all the beauty and all the wonder And like, have your own little resurrection story that God has given you, you know, where things that should have taken you out and made you give up and made you turn your back and, and all of those things, you've risen up out of the ashes and made the most out of life. And that's beautiful.
1: And that's all God. I mean, let me tell you the truth. I had some trust issues in God when I was younger. I still stuck to my faith. Um, And it was really scary sometimes. (laughs) Like. you know, the Bible doesn't always promise that you're going to be like health and wealth blessed, but it does promise that God is with you. And I promise God comforted me. I could feel God's spirit more strongly than ever when I was in foster care. But um, it's like still hard. I feel like the enemy is like telling you God doesn't love you. And you know, like nobody cares about you and to keep powering on. Like, I know I'm a child of God. I know God cares about me. I know he has a good plan for my life. Even when you can't see it for a long, long time, I would say just like the last couple of years, my life just went from I'm eternally cursed to just like, I'm eternally blessed. Like anything I do seems to turn to gold. and And it's like wow God has really <laughs> turned my story around and every day I promise I just pray and I try to trust God and God truly has led me to this place that I never would have fathomed I'd be so blessed
0: yeah you certainly don't look like where you fit what you've been through <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I'm sure you're grateful for that so with that um I just want to pray for our listeners and I want to, I want us to close out, but I also want to let anybody know who wants to connect with you. I will have some links available so that they can connect with you online and with, um and with your nonprofit. Um, If in case somebody wants to donate or um, volunteer or whatever, whatever they um, feel led to do. Um, I bless you, Cheryl. I bless you. Um so with that dear heavenly Father I just thank you for Cheryl Father God I thank you for every listener Father God that hears this testimony and these stories Father God that they will feel somehow strengthened Father God and that they can overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and I thank you Father God that you didn't allow Cheryl to to go by the sideways and the byways and and those setbacks were actually set ups for what she experiences as today father god as she is a voice for the voiceless and father god as she brings attention to the needed and the necessary that might not have a voice otherwise father god things that that we can we can embrace and and um, we can we can put our energy and effort into changing father god and so i thank you father god that um that you would strengthen her for, for the battles that she has ahead, Father God, that she would just have this supernatural favor upon her life as she brings more attention to the laws that need to change, to the to the 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 systematic ways of thinking about things, the things that don't work really for for kids who are coming out of foster care or in foster care currently, Father God, that you would just bring the mentors that are needed that To teach the life skills that are needed and necessary that you put a genuine love in people's hearts because i know that the orphans father god are 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 close to you and that doesn't always mean that they are physical orphans father god sometimes that means they're spiritual orphans sometimes it means they're mental orphans because their parents have just checked out for one reason or another father god but i thank you that those children are close to your heart and you watch over them, just like you watched over Cheryl, Father God, and just like you watch over any listener that's listening, Father God, that they are not forgotten, but that you uphold them and that you carry them, that they will mount up on the wings of eagles and they will run and not go weary. And I thank you, Father God, that they will embrace their space and their place in the kingdom of God and know that the kingdom of God is advancing through them and for them today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much, Cheryl.
1: Thank you, Sakira. Can I just say one final thing?
0: Yeah, sure, go ahead.
1: Okay, even the smallest acts of kindness can create a ripple effect. Fighting for rights and access in their lives will reflect. Be disruptors of love and care and make their future shine so bright.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing and we'll talk to you later. Okay. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.